And this year, kind of, like I said, more biblical, the image, the language we'll use, it kind of gets to the heart of Lent, and that is battling the beast within. And this first week here, we need to know that we're among wild beasts. We need to name and battle. And third, we need to be ministered to. So first, among wild beasts. The first Sunday of Lent, as always, we hear in the gospel, Jesus is driven out into the desert or the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And this year we hear from the gospel of Mark. And what's interesting with the gospel of Mark is he doesn't tell us much. Unlike Matthew and Luke, they tell us what the temptations of the devil were and how Jesus responded to them. Mark doesn't get into any of that. He simply decides to tell us that Jesus was tempted and he was among wild beasts. And the church here has this focus really all of Lent, but more specifically this first Sunday of Lent on the reality of the devil, the reality of temptation. And, temp and temptation is simply that which points us away from what is good. And whether you're here in this church and you're old or you're here and you're young, no one's free from temptation. And temptations can be small and annoying, like, am I going to demolish that entire tub of cookie dough Oberweiss ice cream? Or temptations can be big and serious and can lead to the thing that destroys my peace. Temptation can be the thing that leads to, that, that destroys my relationships, destroys my marriage destroys my priesthood, destroys my career, destroys my life. It, it, it could lead to destroying someone else's life. And as Jesus entered the desert for 40 days, he encountered temptations. He encountered, and he was among wild beasts. And if you and I, and we're supposed to, this Lent, these 40 days, you go in the desert, you can be sure that you will encounter wild beasts. Perhaps wild beasts that have been unaddressed, for quite some time. And with that, I ask you to pull out this card that hopefully you received on, uh, on your way in. This card, it's a, it's a painting titled The Torment of St. Anthony. It was painted by Michelangelo when he was uh, 13 years old. And as you look at it, as you look at it, what do you notice? You might be thinking like, what kind of nightmares this kid must have had to paint this when he was 13. But I keep this, this is, if you've ever been in my office, this is like the, 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 the largest painting in my office and it's right there. It's the first really painting you probably see when you walk in and I'm always curious in whether when people walk in and see this, whether they're turn around and run the other way. But as you're looking at this, know that this is scriptural. This is the reality of the spiritual life. As you keep looking at it, I want to read you a, a verse, St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians. He says this, and look at this while, while I read it. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world leaders of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness. St. Anthony was alive in early third centuries, the year you know, 200 and, year 270, 
and he devoted his entire life to prayer and fasting. He went out to the desert. He, he freed himself of all distractions, went out to be a monk, a hermit in the desert, and he was still constantly tormented by temptations. St. Athanasius, in his, in his book on the life of St. Anthony, says this. First of all, the devil tried to lead him, St. Anthony, away from discipline, whispering to him. In a word, the devil raised in, in his mind a great dust of debate, wishing to keep him from his settled purpose. St. Anthony's settled purpose was to go, to be a monk, to go out in the desert, to, to, to be a hermit. And who shows up? Evil shows up. To keep him from his settled purpose. As we come here today, beginning of Lent, whatever walk in life that we are, whatever state, whatever season in life we're in, whether, whatever it is, he wants to keep us from our settled purpose. We know our settled purpose from the scriptures. St. Peter says in his letter that is for us to be divinized. On a macro level, it's to become holy. It's to become a saint. But even on a micro level, as we enter into, in, in, into this journey of Lent, our, our settled purpose is to come out transformed, to, re, to be renewed, to become out closer to God. And he, there he is, pulling, scratching, clawing. Take a look, draw your attention to that demon up on the upper right, you know, up on top there with the large wings. Look at this guy's intentionality, going to, reaching towards the mind. It's got a, kind of his left hand, your, his left hand you see is kind of lifting up the halo so his right hand can sneak in and kind of get there to the mind. He's, that demon's got the mentality, it's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to the mind because the spiritual battle begins in the mind. And St. Saint, Saint Ignatius, you know, points out in Rule 14 of his Rules for Discernment, is like, he knows the lies that we tend to believe. He knows our weak spots. He knows, he knows where we're soft. He knows the lies that we tend and we're accustomed to over the years to believe those weak spots, those tempting thoughts in which he's had success before. And we've fallen before, so he just goes to those same spots. Typically, he tempts with thoughts that are usually the same for us. And a big part of Lent, then, a big part of battling the beast within is winning the battle of the mind. Are you aware of the battle of the mind? Are you, are you aware of your weak spots in the mind? He's intentional. He's intentional. Look how intentional he is. We'll take, take a look at the, maybe the demon right below him, right? The pulling at the cincture, the belt kind of waist. So you can see here, the second thing a priest puts on, monks wear it too, is the cincture here. The cincture, as he has one on, I have one here. The cincture represents chastity. It represents someone who, who strives to have control over their passions. But look at how, look, 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 look at how sneaky he is. He's kind of lifting up St. Anthony's arm, and he sneaks his other arm kind of underneath the arm and just gets in there kind of just trying to reach at the cincture. I've mentioned before the fact that in our culture, in our times here today, like we are, we're incredibly, the, temp, the, the, the reality is that we become incredibly desensitized to sin, especially on the sexual front. Lent is a time to be resensitized. Lent is a time these 40 days for our eyes to be resensitized. Look at this 
maybe the last one I'll draw our attention to is the one on the upper left there. He's there with, he, he, he's not going at for anything in particular. He's just got a club just, just wailing away on the top of his head. Again, not going for anything in particular, just wants to beat him down. Some of us come in here this morning discouraged, beginning of Lent, we're, we're discouraged. And, and one thing that I've realized for my own personal life the last couple of years in, in, in is, is my time now is seven years, seven years as a priest, I've realized how incredibly easy it is for one to get discouraged. It's so easy to get discouraged in life. Wild beasts, wild beasts, they're among us, they're within us. They want to keep us from love. They want to keep us from life. Wild beasts that are among us and within us, they want to keep us from what is life-giving and what is true and what is God and what our hearts are made for and long for. Depending on what Mass you went on, if you came to the Mass on Ash Wednesday, I, I, I read a quote from Thomas, Thomas Kempis. He said this, If you only knew how much peace you can give yourself and how much joy you give to others, by simply living as you should, I think you would show greater interest in your spiritual life. Like that, that, that's Lent. It's like, I know I don't have the peace that I could have, that I should have. I mean, I know others around me, whether it's my spouse, my family, the, the people that I commonly interact with, that, that they don't have the joy that they could have because I'm not living as I should. I don't have the peace that I, that I could have, and, and others around me don't have the joy that they could have because I just simply don't live as I should. Lent is a time to have that mentality, which brings us to naming and battling. There's not a person here who isn't among wild beasts. If you're here this morning and you think that you're not among wild beasts, you're in worse shape out of all of us. Because those are, the worst, those are the worst kind of beasts. Because you don't know them. Lent is a time to pause, to become aware, and to ask, where am I being tugged? Where do I regularly get scratched? What is clinging to me? What has been clinging to me the last number of months or years? And again, we're not, we're not talking, like when we talk about temptation, temptation isn't, isn't wrong or, 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 or evil. Temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted. We hear that in the gospel. Jesus was tempted, but he, he knew no sin. So temptation is not sin. They don't stop. This is the reality of the spiritual life. But the question is, the temptation, the, the wild beast, the question is, what are the temptations that consistently leads me to fall? What are the wild beasts in my life that consistently win? The wild beasts are there, but which are the wild beasts that win over and over again where I fall over and over again? Name your wild beasts. Where does he have access to my mind? What causes me to fall? What keeps me from holiness? And as long as I'm your pastor... Every Lent, I will talk to you about phones and social media on the first Sunday of Lent. Because the reality is, for most of us, it's our phones where the, the wild beasts live and they have their way. 
Our phones are like the wild beasts that are just on top of our head with a club, kind of beating us over the head. Or our phones are, are the thing where the wild beasts pull at the cincture, tempting us to look, to indulge. It's a, it, it, curiosity to explore. Our phones are the spot where the wild beasts claw and scratch and reach at the mind, leading us to compare with her, with him, and just to stay and ruminate in that spot, to filling us with doubts, to cause us to get depressed and anxious, and then the slippery slope down. I've mentioned before, my phone is the number one thing that keeps me from Christ and more prayer. I mentioned, I think it was now a month ago, that at the time I was four months free off of Twitter. Now it's five months off of Twitter. And I mentioned at the time, four months off of Twitter, I discovered YouTube shorts in all their glory. Okay? As I began, I mastered, you know, mastered Twitter and I began to master those YouTube shorts. The Lord's having me kind of now zone in on a different thing and zoning in specifically at my phone in my bed in the morning and at night. And like you, I keep my phone right there and I use my phone as my alarm. But oftentimes, alarm goes off and I need to keep my phone there in case I get an emergency call throughout the night and I check the phone always in the morning to see if I did or if I missed an emergency call. But then after I pick up my phone, typically it leads to looking at one app and the other app. And then the next thing you know it, as I wake up at 4.30, it's 5 o'clock. And the Lord's kind of having me zone in and say, this lamp, no phone. No phone in bed. Morning and at night. The last number of, the last, what, four or five days, the first four or five days of Lent, I've gotten out of bed. I've, I've, I've changed those 30 minutes now and added more prayer before I come and do my holy hour of 515. I've increased prayer. These last four days, four, four, days, four or five days, I feel like a champ. For a lot of people, it's our phone where the wild beasts live and have their way. If it's not your phone, what is it? On the back of the card, there's a spot for you to put it down, to name it. Name the wild beasts. What do you need to leave behind? What do you say? You're looking at it, you say, I'm tired of this scratching at me, pulling at me. Like, I know it's, it's scratching, it pulls, and it's clawing, and it's done it, and it wins. It's, it wins. It's been winning. Wild beasts. It's not just naming it, though. we got to make sure we battle it. Someone sent me this quote the other day said this, we become content with the status quo and make peace with our sins, tolerating them instead of fighting them to the death. We make peace with our sins and tolerate them rather than fighting them to the death. It's easier to manage sin. It's like, you know, this wild beast, it's, it's, it's been there it's my it's entire life for the last number of years. It's just the way it is. This wild beast is the way, like, it just wins, and I fall, and it's just how it is. I get used to it. Like, I'm an angry person then, and I just, that there's the way it is. Or I'm a lustful person. It's, what, it's the way it is. And we enter in this time of just of managing sin, managing repeated failures, re managing the tendency, the beginning of the Lent, has us ask the question, am I intentional with fighting it to the death? 
fighting it to the death. That's the mindset to, for, for, for Lent. Which brings us lastly to being ministered to. And we'll do this quick here. Notice in the text it said this. He was among wild beasts, comma, and the angels ministered to him. Jesus was ministered to. God himself in the flesh was tempted. And where we fall, he succeeds. Where we fall to temptation, he doesn't. He succeeds. Where Adam and Eve fell in the garden to temptation of the evil one, the ancient serpent, the ancient foe, Jesus succeeds. You see, and then the word book of Hebrews says, for since he himself was tempted, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. So I'm gonna ask you to one more time, look at this image, look at this card. Can you see where St. Anthony is being ministered to here? Can you see where he's being ministered to? Look at his face. Notice like light coming from his face almost. And notice the look on his face. It's not a smile. It's not depicting this false reality that as a Christian and with Christ, everything's, everything's easy. No, he's got this look on his face of these guys can't touch me. It's just this quiet confidence. They can pull, they can scratch, they can pull at the cincture, they can beat me over the head, but they can't touch me because he's in communion with God. He's in communion with the Lord. He's anchored. That's what we're going to be looking at these days ahead. We're going to be looking at temptation, how to overcome temptation, and ultimately how to get this look, to have this look here that St. Anthony has. This is a man that has an understanding that there's somebody who went to the cross and that he can tap into his power and strength to battle the beasts and to not have them win. The beasts are among us. The beasts are among us, they're within us. Whether we give them time or not, they're there. This Lent is a time for us to get serious with battling the beasts within.